This is an SJC Radio production. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Pit Stop with Mr. Bird on SJC Radio. Welcome to Pit Stop. Today we've got, we're almost back to full strength, we've got Joe. Hello. Ed. Hello. And we've got Finn. Hello. Starts off with news. Is there any F1 news? I imagine there must be lots. There is. Yes. Oh, okay. Who wants to go first? Uh, I think the obvious one is Nikita Mazepin. Yeah. Tell us about him. Well, he's no longer an F1 driver. He's had his contract terminated by Haas. Yeah. Um, and also the Araupoli titled sponsor things gone. Yeah. That's no more. Um, so they have no sponsor, is that right? No title sponsor yeah. at the moment. High tech cancelled there. Contract with them. Who are high tech? They're a Formula Two team. Okay. Oh, and, and, and with, with you, you crazy or whatever schools. Yeah, Which is the company, chemicals company owned by Dimitri Masip. Ah, there we go. His dad. Oligarch. There we go. Okay, that that, that makes perfect Maybe sense. Tonight. And I think Finn knows this. Finn, who's replacing Masip? I don't know. I thought it yeah. was Pietro Fittipaldi. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Really yeah. Really I think everyone wants Hulkenberg. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, Max yeah. is also rumoured to be in Really? Um, yeah, apparently he's like fourth favourite or something. Who's, yeah. fa- who's favourite? Would be Fittipaldi. But they've taken so long to say it will be him, because they were so quick to say he'll be in the test. Yeah, he's but definitely they, doing the bar But they've been so slow to say that we do it for the rest of the season, right. which makes you think Hulkenberg is the luxury. Hulkenberg, he'll, he'll be a good one. Uh, very good. Uh, any other F1 news? Uh, there's been a few... Uh, circuits that have had contract extensions, oh, I think. Sochi's gone. Well, Sochi's gone. Oh, yeah, good. Sochi's gone. That's, That's good news. news. Yeah, we're happy with that. Yeah, Istanbul. But so is Agora Drive, which might have been quite good. Which yeah. one was? Oh, that was the new. Was that new venue for this year? Yes. Right. Okay. So, that, that, so no Russian Grand Prix. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, other than that, all twenty F one. Helmets have been released. Oh, that's not news. Good. That's not news. No, it's uh, it looks good actually. Who's got the best racing helmet? Then? I like Granny Joe's this yeah. year. Purple, nice. lime green, yeah. white. That's nice. Yeah. Oh, lots of simplistic Mickey designs. Is nice, lots of yeah. simplistic designs, which I think we'd like. We like simplistic designs. Like Charles Leclerc's works really well. And what's his? Uh, is it's, it's very red. red. It's a lot more simple than. Yeah. Than and let's hope that but you can just they, see it's his. Let's hope they don't change the design every other race. 
I said, yeah, get, get. So it's nice and simple. Get a simple helmet design. I like how they have all have. Yes, I like that. Yes, that's good. That's I like nice. What, I like how they all have like a, a same base design. Yeah. They can sort of add on to yeah. that stuff. Each yeah. Place. Very good. Uh, okay, race reports. Well, of course, it was MotoGP at the weekend. We'll talk about our predictions later on. Um, but I've watched all three of the races. So let's start off with Moto3, uh, a chap called which one is it? Is it Andrea, Andrea Migno on Moto3. What's interesting about that, in Moto3, uh, you have um, you often have a big group and they slipstream each other down the straight, so there's lots of overtaking. Nobody could overtake Migno, who was on a Honda, down that very long start finish straight. No matter how close they were coming out the last corner, Nobody was able to slipstream past him. Normally, Moto3 is easy to get a, a slipstream and, and overtake. Nobody could do that. So that was entertaining. Moto2 was okay. Surprise winner. Uh, Celestino Vietti won his first Moto2 race. Uh, that Nobody was really expecting that. It's quite a good battle for third place. That's quite entertaining. MotoGP uh, was the biggest surprise. Um, that was won by Anea Bastanini. Now, I said nobody was expecting that, but actually, a couple of weeks ago, somebody said this. They could swing a few surprises, as could a chap called Anea Bastanini, who starred at the end of last season. He's now on a 2021 Ducati, and he's feeling really confident. He's a bit of a dark horse. Wow. Wow, isn't that amazing? There we go. So, so I, I do know what I'm talking about, after all. Just a pity I didn't. Uh, choose him in my predictions never mind yeah so um, I think what was interesting actually when I say that result was a surprise if you look at the pre-season testing at Mandalika who performed really well both the Hondas did they were at the forefront Paul Spargo I think finished he finished third I think he did yeah and we talked about and there Bastanini obviously as we heard just now he did very well in the testing as well so those teams who performed well in testing actually performed well in the race. So um, Phil and I were talking last week about the Fancy Ducati team struggled in the Mandalika test. They, they struggled in the Grand Prix. I was reading today that Banyaya was slightly, slightly irritated. Maybe that's too strong a word, but he was saying they were still developing parts on the bike. Whereas, of course, Bastanini had last year's bike, just turns up with last year's bike and the, the bike is, is sorted. Don't have to make many adjustments to it, and it's a race winner. This year's bike, in every session he was saying, they were looking to change bits. So he didn't really, he said, look, it was more, he said, I'm not a test driver, I'm there, I'm there to win races. So I think he's slightly frustrated that the bike, you know, wasn't good to go at the start of the race meeting. They were still trying to develop it during the race meeting. So, you know, we, we all thought that Bagnaia would be pre-season favourite, but he, he was absolutely nowhere. And actually, the result, when I say the result's surprising, Bearing in mind, Bastanini uh, last year podium twice. I mean, the second race in uh, oh, what's the second? Mizano last year, he finished third. But at one one stage during the race, he was about nineteenth. So he, last year he was very good at you know if he was the back of the grid, you know coming through the field. Well, the fact that in the early stages he was running fourth, and we know he's a strong finisher. You know, in those early stages, if he's running fourth, then there's a good chance he's going to win. And of course, he did. So that was his first ever win. Um, the team, the Grassini team, was that the first ever MotoGP win? Well, first ever, first win for an awful long time. The, the, the team used to run the Prettiest last year. They've obviously now um, 
they, they, they obviously used Ducati for the first time. So, yeah, it, it was um, a remarkable result. And I think, I mean, it's so unpredictable. I mean, goodness knows, who, goodness knows who's going to win the next MotoGP. But I wonder whether this result, the unpredictability of MotoGP at the moment is because they only did five days of testing at a different racetrack, and that was it. So you had teams turning up. Even the Hondas weren't fully prepared, um, but they've obviously got they've obviously got some real speed there. But the advantage of not doing too much testing, complete lottery. The people we thought were going to dominate didn't. Did you did you see any of it? Have you seen any of it? I haven't. No. 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 no, no. I prefer to watch like exciting motorsports like Formula One and things yeah, like that. So. Okay, I don't really understand. <laughs> you, com- you completely um, confused me there, Finn. I'd rather watch. That like rubbish road crossing. No, you wouldn't. That that's so extreme. No, no, no. Oh. Finn's got a very good sense of humour. He is clearly joking. Right. So um, let's go on to predictions. Actually, so let's. Well, unfortunately, uh, let's go tied on zero points. Are uh, you Finn? I mean, I, your predictions were good. Bagnaya, Quattro, Zarco. None of them. They were nowhere. Those three. I also scored zero points. Bagnaya, Marquez, Quattuaro. Um Max, who did a lucky dip. So he, he didn't select these. These are pulled out of a hat. His predictions, Darren Binder. Well, that was never going to happen. Although Darren Binder did, as he did quite well, as it turned out. Jorge Martin, who was on pole. And Franco Morbidelli. Yeah. Uh, and then joint first place are Ed and Joe, both in 10 points. Uh, Joe, your lucky dip. You got Paul Espargaro, who led most of the race. Nice. You had Jack Miller and Raul oh, Fernandez. So actually, a competitive um, trio there. Ed, yours weren't lucky dips. You went for Badnaya, Quattuaro. You also went. Well, you did because Ed very sensibly went for Bastianini, but in third place. Remembering back to what you said. Yeah, it's a pity that it's a pity that I didn't listen to my own advice. Had I listened to my own advice. Then, of course, I would have had Bastianini to win. So that was all a bit daft. So Ed and Max on 10 points. The rest of us are tied on zero points. Yeah, technically, this is the first time I'm not last. <laughs> yeah, so well done, Finn. You're joint last. Good. Well done, Finn. So well done, you. Finn, I've got quiz book here. The right. quiz book's there. Open a page. Actually, before we do that, whilst Finn's going through the, the book, in terms of what's on, the only thing on this weekend is... You all know what it is. Do we? So testing? It's testing. It's, it's the, the Bahrain test. Yeah. Now, going back to what I was saying earlier, we've seen from, from, from MotoGP, the beauty of having very little pre-season testing is that it's a complete lottery come that first race yeah, weekend. Why? It's a complete lottery now, you, isn't it? What's that, Finn? It's a complete lottery now because no one, the cars, you know. But what I'm saying is, you are right, but why are they having a pre-season? They've had a pre-season test. Why not? Why, why do they need a second pre-season test? Or they um, need that? I, I think don't... Bahrain wanted more uh, like time with cars on track. Right, so it, it, it's money, isn't it? Yeah. What I'm saying is the race would be... I'm sure the race would be very good, but I think the race would be more competitive if they didn't have this second pre-season test. And as we saw with... The, and I think had the MotoGP had a test at Qatar the weekend before the MotoGP, I suspect the factory Ducatis would have been sorted and I suspect Mad and I might have won that. But it's quite nice. You know, to, to have, you know, somebody who's never won a MotoGP before winning his first race on a Grassini Ducati. Have we talked about the new Alfa Romeo? 
You, I think you've mentioned it. Do you like the colour scheme? It's okay. Yeah, Princess, it's, it's okay. Quite average, really. I quite like it. You quite That's like it. Different. Yeah, I haven't really seen. I mean, I'll wait to see the cast on on the track. I think all the cars look really, really good. Um, I'm really pleased they got ground effects back. I think what's going to be interesting is, you know, the other day when you said, who do you think is going to be the most disappointing? What's going to be most disappointing? And you rather bullied me into saying McLaren. And, he, we, and also, <laughs> I was thinking about that. We've been given these lovely McLaren shirts, and there's me saying, oh, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be disappointed. I only said that because Joe... Bully. Don't put this on me, this yeah. is bullying into me. You were bullying me into saying McLaren because you were pointing to McLaren. So I said McLaren because you were pointing at McLaren. Actually, what I wish I had said, I'm going to say it now. And from what I've read oh, about, I don't think you can change your answer that. Well, 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 I'm not going to change it, Finn, but I'm going to make a very good point here. What I've been reading about in pre-season testing is that the toe effect is not so great with these ground effect cars. So actually, maybe the most disappointing aspect, what if I say disappointing, maybe it's a good thing. It might be harder to make those DRS passes. Because, That's a good thing. Yeah, it probably is, actually. You saw the most overtakes. Do you see the most overtakes? Sort of factor week as well. Yeah. You see the most overtakes last season, have a guess, each of you. Where was, where, what was the race where there were the most overtakes? The most overtakes. And it wasn't, it wasn't, oh. it wasn't Russia. Where it went from the West most West. overtakes. It's a, that's a difficult one to answer, isn't it? Um, would it have been Abu Dhabi? Abu Dhabi? No, it was Portugal. Really? Because the DRS rate is so powerful there. Yeah. Uh, I think it was something stupid like 96% right. of the passes. It's not right. like that, that first quarter. Like bigger braking zones. No, it's not. Just a so, so what we're saying, yeah. Joe, is that what some people are saying are a negative, we're saying might be a positive. It's going to be harder to make these DRS passes because the hole in the air isn't as big mm. as it was. And then they'll be able to follow closer. So. Through the faster corners. And then they'll be closer when they get yeah. to the straight. But I, just, I read, I think Norris was saying how hard it is, how hard it was in testing trying to take anybody in the straight. Yeah. But I think that could be a good thing. Because yeah. I said before, I can't. That's going to promote more sort of like big dives and yeah. exciting. So maybe, maybe that's a good thing. I think so. Right, so we've got testing this weekend. That's on Sky. You're going to be watching that, I assume, you people. You'll be watching that. So You're shaking your head. I'm surprised. Yeah. You'll be oh, watching, watching it. Joe will be watching it. Sky. Oh, you don't have Sky? Finn, you'll be watching it, won't you? Yeah. Good. Well, I won't be watching it. I don't have Sky either. Well, that's a shame, isn't it? But uh, it is a shame. Then. But but uh, I'm sure I can sort of see the times on you know, crashed well, on that yeah. or what have you. you. Get the headlines and see what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be so, I can't wait to see big cars on the track. Yeah, they look good. And of course, it'd be good to see ground effect cars because you, you might see some might see some porpoising. Yeah. They just look quite dramatic when the cars. Ferrari that. Ferrari yeah, yeah, I did read that. So maybe you won't see so much porpoising, but I quite like it when the cars go up and down. It just looks. I mean, so I, and, and I remember showing you probably a couple of years ago. You won't remember. I showed you um, some footage from I think it's the 1990 Group C race, World Junior Championship race at Montreal. And they used to have before they made changes to circuit, used to have a very fast right left sequence. And I'll show you these ground effect cars because he's sort of bouncing up and down. He's going around these really fast corners. It looks incredibly exciting. So I, I, I'm, I'm hoping to see cars bounce a bit around the corners. I, don't, I just find that exciting. Right, Finn, you've had plenty of time to get yourself organised. Yeah. Are you organised? Absolutely. Right, now, I can kick myself. Last week, Finn asked me a question, which I should have got right. He, he, it was, 
What car did, was it David Brabham? Yeah. Make his debut in the 1990 Grand Prix Small. Being obvious, it was Brabham. And I had a sort of, I'm going to call that a senior moment. <laughs> but I wasn't quite focused. A senior moment. Right, Finn, far away. And make sure it's not from the 50s. Oh dear. Okay. Oh dear. Finn has to change page. Oh dear. Not 60s. No, no, not 60s. Come on. I can't. This book's so confusing. There's like pages on like every five pages. There's lots of pages in the book. All right. They're up. Right. Okay, off you go. Oh, this is not the 80s, but it's 1996. Okay, well, yeah, okay. Who gave the first poll in his Formula One career in Austria in 1998? 1998, the Austrian Grand Prix of 1998, who's on pole. What oh, a really good, and I don't know the answer to that, but I'm going to think about it. 98, so, I mean, the clowns were dominant in 98. It wouldn't have been Coulthard or, or Hackerman. It wasn't a great season, I don't think. Um, the Ferraris got there in the end, so you had, was it Irvine and uh, Michael Schumacher and the Ferrari team, wasn't it? Uh, was a he was. And I think Irvine was his teammate in ninety. I think. Who was on pole? Austria. I've got a. It wouldn't have been any of those. Because I think they've had poles before. Have we got the, the car there, Finn, or not? I don't know if you just mentioned the car. I, I'm gonna pull. Oh, hold on. No. First up. I thought. Funny enough. I mean, John Lacey would have been on had pole positions before, but. I thought maybe John Lacey in one of the shower. That rings a bell, but I don't know the answer at all. Can you give us the options for him? Uh, Eddie, I... Eddie Irvin, who we said was in a Ferrari, so uh, it could have been a... But who Gina, else? Gene and John Lacey, that's what I said. Gio Carlo... Fisichella. Now, I mentioned Irvine and Lacey. I've got this memory, and it's, and it's just come to me, because I've got an amazing memory. I've got this memory of Alacy being on pole. Am I right? No. Oh, you've ruined it, Finn. <laughs> well, who, you wouldn't say yes, but it's oh, not right. It would have been nice, yeah. wouldn't it? Who was it? Was it Irvine? No. It was Fisichella, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that. Fisichella, was he, was he racing a... What's he in? Was he in, uh, in 98? He would have been in a... Benison? Oh, I don't know. Oh, come on, you, you got the answers. Yeah, but it's not, it's not in the book. Right, okay, it's not in the book. So, can you have a quick look for that? Can you just check pole position, 98. What was the Grand Prix? Austrian Grand Prix? Uh, it was Fisichella. It would have been uh, a Benetton, because they wouldn't have been the Renault team then. I'm pretty sure it's Benetton. I'm going to... should take you seconds to find this. What was it? What was he racing? Uh, what was Benetton. it called? Benetton. Okay, brilliant. Phew. Well, that we learned something there. So, Fisichella's first pole, 98, Austrian Grand Prix. Finn, next question. Oh, golly. Yes, of course. Uh, uh, who drove through the field from last second place in Austria? Ah, hold on. Say it again. Who drove through the field? From last to second. Right. Uh, now, I think, I think this was Mika Hakkinen. Because I think he and David Coulthard collided at turn two, what is now called turn three. Am I right, Finn? Oh. You're joking. No, I'm not, actually. Really? Yeah. Perhaps I was thinking of the 99 Austrian think about, it, think about it again. Right. So, so who, well, I, I said that Coulthard and Hakkinen collided at turn two. That might have been the 90, definitely in Austria. I thought it was 98. It might have been 99. Perhaps it was 99. 
or even 2000. Right, so if you say try again, you're suggesting I'm quite close, aren't you? Well, the only person, other person I mentioned was David Coulthard. Yeah. Was it David Coulthard? They won't stay I wonder if they, can you just check on this? Did Coulthard and Hakkinen collide in the, what year was it, Finn? 98. 98 Austrian Grand Prix. They did in one of the Grand Prix. Oh, hold on, who said it was the Austrian? Oh, I did. You did. Was it Austrian? It was. Ed? Don't uh, pressure you here. It was 98 Austrian Grand Prix. Does it talk about the McLarens colliding at turn two or turn three as it's called nowadays? One minus two in collisions. Yes? Uh, it doesn't say who the collisions were with. Uh, let's trust your verdict then. Well, I'm, not sure I'm, I'm not sure I'm right on that. Hold on. I'm not sure it was 98 that they collided, but it was one of the years they had applied at turn two. Who? I would have found it straight away, Ed. No, no uh, pressure on you, but. says two Irish drivers crashed and pushed Coulthard. He needs a new nose and front wing. Okay, so it was it was a different race where Coulthard crashes into attack, and it's probably 2001 actually. Um, I'm, I'm kind of making that up. It could be 99 or 2000. Finn, let's have one more. One more. The, ni the 90s are not our... Uh, oh, yeah, go on. Let's go back to the 80s. Go back Let's to the 80s. Let's go on safe ground. Let's go back to the 80s. Everything's better in the 80s. Uh, it's taken me a while to get to the page. Oh, here we go. Which team did Alex Caffey drive for in 88? You asked me this before. I answered it correctly last time. The answer is Delara. Ask me a different question. You've asked that question before. Okay. Who won the first? Uh, I've also read that one. Mm. See, because I've had so much for the 80s, we go to the 50s. No, from the 50s. Um, <clears throat> you not remember the 50s, though? No. How many races did... <laughs> Keep going, Finn. How many races did Nigel Mansell win in 86? I, I always say, never oh, ask numbers. questions to do with numbers. You won quite um, a lot. I've never heard that, so... I'm not going to answer that because, like, go on, give a guess. A, a guess. Uh, in '86, was it? Yeah. Well, he won quite a few. He should have won the championship. Had he not has had his tire not blown in Adelaide, he would have won the championship. Uh, he won quite a lot. I'm going to just guess. I'm going to say six, and that's oh. just a guess. Seven. Five. Five. That's appropriate because sure, his because his number was five, red five. Uh, give us one more thing. Which iron-cutting country hosted the... No, 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 try again, Finn. That's Hungarian. Yes, it's iron-cutting country hosted its first Grand Prix in 86. Yeah. And who won that race? I can give you the one-two on this, Finn. Okay. Yeah, the number one was Nelson Piquet, number two was Ed Senna. So, some, some, some. And actually, um, when that when that circuit first came to into existence, you know it's quite tight and twisty now. Yeah. It was even more tight and twisty. Uh, when, it, when it first came out, so they've actually made it slightly faster since. What's that, Ed? I'm just asking if we should close the door. Oh, no, no, I, th I think we're pretty much done, actually. Yeah. Finn? Well, one more. One more. Finn's quite keen to keep going. One For more, Finn. which trendy team did... Trendy team? Yeah. Okay. Gerhard Berger. Gerhard Berger. Claimed his famous first win in 86. Well, this was at the Mexican Grand Prix. Mexican Grand Prix of 86. And you can probably guess the answer, you two. Ask the question again. Trendy team. Trendy team. There's a, quite, there's a clue. Which trendy team? Trendy team. Trendy, so it's going to be to do with... Clothes. Yes. Fashion. So there Benetton. we go. Benetton. 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 Uh, it was uh, 86, Mexico. Uh, Benetton. I remember watching that race. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you for that, Finn. Uh, I think we should do some season predictions at some point. I agree. Should we do that next week? Okay. We'll after the next. test? Yeah, let's do it after the test. Because at the moment... Test. 
Not it's impossible to make predictions. Um, whereas we saw from MotoGP, you got away really well in this case, away for the first test. Right. Okay. So uh, until this time next week, it's goodbye. This was an SJC Radio production. It was presented and written by Mr. Bird, Finn, Ed and Joe. The editor was Mr. Bird and it was produced by Tom Russell. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pit Stop with Mr. Bird. There's a few new things I want to make you aware of. We've got a new website, which you can find by going online to shows.acast.com forward slash pitstop, where you can also find links to our Twitter and uh, on the about page, more information about the hosts as well. We're also on lots more platforms in addition to where you're listening to us now. So we're now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music and lots more, as well as TuneIn like we've been on since we started so head over to those platforms to subscribe on the most convenient one for you and find all our back catalogue of episodes to listen to again as well